everyone, my name's Mel and you're listening to Free Kick, the AFLW Fantasy Podcast. Tonight I'm joined by my co-hosts Will and Liam. How's it going guys? Going very well, thanks Mel. Uh, I'm going amazingly. The Bombers are flying high and therefore I am the same. Excellent. I love how your mood is always dictated by a footy team and nothing else. Uh, <laughs> that's normal, right? As it, as it should be. <laughs> as it should be. What else could be important? Today we're going to have a chat through the supplementary draft. So ahead of season eight, we've seen the um, AFLW manage the draft a couple of months ago now, actually, I think, in early April. Um, and so we've seen a lot of uh, very interesting faces come up uh, after that draft. So we want to have a chat through who some of them are, which players, uh, sorry, which teams they've been selected for, the roles, and who we think is most fantasy relevant from different sections. So yeah, so for those who are a little bit out of the loop on this, the draft this year wasn't a standard draft. We didn't have the usual, you know, under 18s getting picked. We were picking, uh, teams were picking players from around the state leagues or from who have formerly played in the AFLW just to top up their lists given the way the seasons have changed in terms of the way the, the seasons are actually placed in the year. And for those of you that have been listening to every episode and have been following us on socials, sorry. But you're going to hear us repeat this a lot. This season is, again, quite different. Last year it was new teams, and now it's a very, very different draft crop. No 18-year-olds, no people coming off, you know, an elite underage season coming straight in and being their best midfielder. It's a very different kettle of fish this year. Yeah, which I think will also make it a little bit more easy to manage because we're not going to have any kids trying to balance year 12 and playing <laughs> elite footy because that was a very interesting challenge last season. But so, yeah, this will should be a bit more, I guess, normal. Normal for them, not helpful for us. Yeah, yeah. N- n- not normal for us in the slightest. Oh, especially. no, no, yes. <laughs> so a very pro-player message there, Mel. I, I really do commend you. And as fantasy players, rude. <laughs> yeah, I know. How boring. Um, so breaking it up then, because there are about uh, 26 or so draftees coming through. So we're going to break this up into uh, a few picks at a time. And... Because we thought it would be hilarious, we'll get the person who has a track record of butchering every name that she tries to say to read out all of these names. So that should be entertaining. Okay. And, and for anyone that thinks it's cruel for that, I, that Mel's doing this, uh, yes, I designed it that way. But I would also like it known <laughs> that I asked Mel about five minutes before we were going to start recording, did she want to do a practice run of the names beforehand? Yes, which is appreciative. Uh, good thing... You know me. (laughs) (laughs) Preparation is key. Yes. (laughs) Prepare your co-hosts for their weaknesses. Oh, good. Okay. Well, in that case, um, the first six picks we have were um, Aaron Hall picked as Ruck for Geelong, Jasmine Stewart as a midfielder for Port Adelaide, Talia Mulder uh, as a midfielder for Frio, Matea Breed as a forward for the Hawks. Lulu Betty, Beatty, Lulu Beatty as a defender for Galton. And Kara McCrossan as a forward for the Gold Coast. Uh, obviously, I'm going to throw to you, Will, to start off with Erin Hall, someone who we have been trying to get an interview with uh, and a player for your team. What do you reckon about her? Yeah, for the uh, number one pick and probably the oldest number one pick in draft history. Um, comes in with a lot of experience, has played for both Melbourne and Geelong uh, in the AFLW in the past before taking some time off for her studies. Basically, Geelong need ruck depth. With Kate Darby coming towards the end of her career, a lot of the ruck load will fall on Olivia Fuller, who has done a fantastic job for Geelong, but if she succumbs to an injury, they're basically going to have no ruck. So they've brought in a player they know can perform for them, uh, she's an excellent tap rock, one of the tallest players to ever play, play AFLW. And if she How gets tall, it, I do believe she's 190 centimeters. 190, 191. Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly tall. Uh, and has a history of being able to score reasonable scores in the fantasy game back when she played for Geelong, was able to score sort of 50s and 60s uh, as an upper, which is a rookie player you'd take every day of the week. Hmm. In your esteemed Geelong opinion, Will, what is the likelihood that we see 
full games of Eren as a ruck. And if she's not going to play full ruck, does she have some positional versatility that means that she might be a worthwhile pick at a basement price, or is that unlikely? Look, I think that they're likely to continue doing what they did with Kate Darby, and I think a lot of it will come down to the fitness and the longevity of Kate Darby because they like to play a ruck up forward. So I think it's always hard to say that a backup ruck is going to play full games. So I think that there probably will be other ruck options out there, such as Fleur Davies, who we've talked about, who might be better rookie options. But in terms of known quantities and known ability to score is the one thing I do like about Aaron Hoare as a potential option. Yeah. I just think that I was kind of hinting at it. I don't know if she's got another position to play yep. at 191-centimetre yep. former netballer. I mm. I think... It would be, I think it would be unlikely if we saw a substantial amount of her as a number one ruck. Yep. If we do, I completely agree. If we do, that's great. That's 25 points of upside, but I think that's probably where it's going to be limited. Yeah. And I actually think to me, Erin Hall is probably more likely to be a downgrade target if she gets games later in the season. To me, is probably more where her value will be. Yeah, I think we're going to see a really interesting dynamic with these um, draftees because some of them are coming in from former AFLW clubs, so we're getting the basement prices that we know how they play, where they play, um, where their strengths are and stuff like that. And having some of these, I guess, not so many young'uns coming in that are quite unknowns means that we can be looking like when we see Erin uh, Hall get named ahead of a game, um, if she's named in the ruck, you kind of know that potential and that she could be a good, um, cheap pickup because she will be coming in basement priced. So there's a couple of those that we'll be running through. Yeah. But I also think for someone like Erin Hoare, she comes with some extra unknowns and that she's not played competitive football since 2019. She mm, didn't play a absolutely. VFL. She's not come off a VFLW season. She's kind of True. just jumped right back into it. And she's clearly got the talent. She's an athlete. But yeah, it, it's a big unknown. But of all of the people here who've played AFL list in AFLW list before, she's by far and away the biggest name and the best fantasy player. Yeah, so what about you then from that list, Liam? Who do you think is uh, interesting from a fantasy perspective? I'm going to probably start a trend for the rest of this episode in that I'm going to talk about a player from Carlton. <laughs> uh, so Lulu Beatty, she is a 171-centimetre defender, halfback. Um, she comes in as a relevant player because Carlton don't have a lot of players that are worthy of being, you know, they've got a very unknown list. Um, they lost Brooke Brown in free agency. They lost... Um, Brooke Brown was from North. Not Brooke Brown. Oh, my goodness. Um, what's Lu- the, Lucy McAvoy. No, they lost Lucy McAvoy, but what's the other... There's another Brooke. Harry. Harry no, 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 them. came to them. No, she went to Essendon. <laughs> not Brooke Brown. Um They've lost a bunch of defenders. Lucy McAvoy is gone. I know who you're talking about. Why can't I remember her name? She's gone to the Bombers. By the by, they've got a lot of depth issues at Carlton. And from what I've read about Lulu, she looks like... Brooke Walker. Brooke Walker, that's it. I'm just of the mind that Carlton are going to have to be throwing the chips around. And she comes in basically as an underage player. She was the co-captain of the Northern Knights in the Talent League and at Nationals Carnivals. Um, And Carlton have already talked about how much they rate her work rate and football IQ. If we end up with another season where we're really struggling for rookie price defenders, I think Mm. someone going to Carlton and being a rookie price player means that there'll be an option. Now, I've not seen... We don't really have that much to go off. Like Mm. She's not played that many games... Uh, in the VFLW, but I think it's worthy of a sh- she's worthy shout. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's going to be a, a case for a lot of these draftees. Is we don't really know a lot about them necessarily beyond VFLW form. So how that translates is once again a big unknown. But as you say, she's she's highly rated, so I see no reason why she can't be a defensive option um, early in the season, especially if she gets game time early. Yeah, and. 
unfortunately, while we were recording that first bit, my internet died, and so my notes that I had about her went disappearing. But in terms of her scoring in the VFLW, she only played 10 games. Um, half of them were at Darabin. The rest have been at Carlton. She's got a ceiling of of the low 70s and put up a couple of other scores in the 60s, which I would say you probably have to at least half that. But we're always looking for defender options and yeah. that next defender option that takes kick-ins, that's someone we've got to look at. Yeah. So that's why I've gone yeah. with um, Lulu Beattie. Yeah. And a 40-point rookie is gold dust, basically. Yeah. You'd, you'd take that every day of the week. Yeah. Absolutely. It's interesting that you mentioned that um, there's going to be a recurring theme of talking about some of the Carlton, um, Carlton draftees here because... I mean, of the teams that had a had a pick in the draft, Carlton got four and Freo got four. So it's very <laughs> heavily weighted towards our Carlton players to be picking from. Um, and looking down the list of the people that we want to be talking to, we've got a couple of Freo ones as well. So um, it's going to be an interesting season for those two teams, looking at their, their fresh talent coming in. Maybe we'll move on to, well, talking to Freo, we'll move on to the next couple of picks. So 7 to 13, we had... Uh, Emily Fiedler going as a ruck to Frio, um, who have actually had the amazing opportunity to interview. So stay tuned and listen for that one. Um, Caitlin Miller going in as a forward to GWS. Madeline or Madeline Hendry uh, as a forward for Carlton. Mira Gervin, defender for Gold Coast. Dominique Carruthers, Carruthers, yes, as a midfielder for the Bulldogs. Caitlin Pope as a forward for Port Adelaide and Alary Morris as a forward for Collingwood. Um, what do you guys reckon here? I'll, I'll yeah, take I'm, that. I'm, I'll take that. Yeah. I, Will, you got the first one last time. Thanks for the yeah. throw, Mel. Uh, so... Liam. <laughs> Liam specifically. Oh, <laughs> oh thank <laughs> you. you that's, that's lovely. Well done. Thank you. But, uh, for those so listening I want to at talk- home, both of for those listening at home, both of us were just sitting there looking at each other, going, "Which which of us are going to go here first? <laughs> we're just My waiting. homework as a host, waiting to throw to someone, <laughs> waiting for Mel to just send it onwards. But Liam, off you go. Oh, thank you, Will. That's a beautiful oh. throw. Uh, You're welcome. I wanted to talk about the wonderful interviewee Emily Fiedler, uh, and I want to talk about her because very similarly, want to wanting to talk about Erin for Geelong is. Frio's ruck depth is not incredible. Mm. Frio have Mimstrom, and then they've got two key position players who have been rucks in the past, but don't ruck predominantly in games. So they've got Sarah Vilstra and they've got Anya Tig. So what they've gone and done is, as all you know, traditional teams do, they look for rucks who've played almost no um, Australian rules football. <laughs> to date and look for the kind of raw talent. And that's what Fiedler is. She's only played, I think this is her third season of properly organized football in Australia. She learned to play in Malaysia. Um, and yes, I'm surprised as well. Did not know that Malaysia had a football league you could join. You'll hear more about that in the interview. Just a team. Just a team, yeah. just a single team in Malaysia. And they've got a Southeast yeah. Asian com- um, competition. But what, I was really impressed by is watching some of her highlights. You can see that she is a very natural athlete and her tap ruck work is like pretty immaculate. And she is hitting it to like proper targets in the Waffle W because in her team, the number one midfielder is Gabo Sullivan, who is Mm. playing through the Waffle W at each from Antle to get back her, her form. And her highlights are as good as you will see in like secondary level women's football so i was really interested and she has a fantasy average of close to 60 um which again you're probably going to halve it but i just think that in the off chance that mimstrom does go down there is a very real possibility that fiedler plays and i think she's someone that maybe she doesn't play that many games this year but if we're going to talk about her now i think she's someone we're going to talk about in a few years because there was a lot of talent when i watched bits of footage yeah, and I think you can probably talk to this a bit more, Mel, but if they're having to play someone like Anya Tai in the ruck when she's so valuable as a forward, they're probably really struggling, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, uh, that would be concerning. And even what we heard from the back of uh, Emily's interview about how excited she is for Anya Tai to be playing more forward time and, and kicking more goals. So we probably won't see her, um, Anya, ending up in the ruck. 
But I will just note that it's interesting of the two two of the couple of draftees we've spoken about so far, two of them are rucks. So we've got Erin Hall and Emily Fiedler, who we're expecting to be, I guess, from a fantasy perspective, named in that position, um, which puts a little bit of pressure on, I guess, team building when you've got potentially two impressive-looking rookie options coming in, uh, but they're unfortunately both in the in the ruck position. I, I actually think that this is one of the things we've found in our time playing this AFLW fantasy game is that the downgrades mid-season have been critical and the ruck downgrades in particular have been really challenging because a lot of the time you're essentially picking a player who's probably going to come in for one game, score a 20 and then never be seen again. And so with a player like Fiedler, with a player like Aaron Hall, they're the sorts of players that because they've got a bit more experience they actually might be able to stick around for a few games, make you that money mid-season, and that's a really critical thing in this game. I agree with you 100% with Aaron Hall having more experience, but I'm not sure the same is true of Fiedler. I just oh, I think agree. she might be get... missing pure games experience, but I get what you oh, mean. Like, absolutely. This yeah. is kind of... What we're scouting here is like the second level a lot of time. Like, player comes in, does half a season gets into the team and then looks good. Like we're talking example, and it was on the last episode with Mick Corain, um, Bly, Bly Macken. She didn't come in until round four or five last year. And yeah, she was rookie. She scored like 35 points, but that's the player that sometimes you need to get on because with hard lockouts, you can't flip and do last minute trades to bring in someone better on your trades. You need emergencies. But I guess, and that's the other thing, that's also a really valid point as well, Liam, is you never know that whether the three or $4,000 that that 35 gets might be the difference between you getting to the play you need. And though, mm. the, getting those trades right is critical, and that's where these ruck trades could be super important later in the season. Mm. So, Will, um, since I threw to Liam to begin with, let's now throw to you specifically. Um, <laughs> who do you reckon is interesting from that bunch? Oh, me. Excellent um, specific <laughs> throw there, Mel. L- Very 10 good. out of 10. Um, I don't have another ruck to talk about in this lot, which oh, is a bit, dis- bit disappointing. Um, so I've decided to, once again, stay close to home, and I've gone for Collingwood's draftee, O'Leary Morris. And the reason I've gone for O'Leary Morris is pie- the pies need forwards. Simple as that. They've lost Chloe Malloy up forward. They've lost Jordan Membry up forward. Their forward structure is a big unknown at the moment, and it's going to be super interesting to see how that shapes up over the preseason. Um, but O'Leary Morris is a player that they're quite highly rating internally. She has played through Collingwood VFLW. Um, she's basically one of those players that knows how to hit the scoreboard, kicked 19 goals in 13 games in the VFLW last season. So she knows her how to kick goals. She's got good forward craft. And that's the sort of thing that if you've got a forward line that is a little bit, you know, variable, she could come in early and genuinely make a difference. So to me, keep an eye on O'Leary Morris to make an early impact at the Pies. You, you, it obviously comes with the key forward risk that we saw it even last year with like Gabby Newton comes out great first two rounds and then has an absolute stinker. Just looking at... Um, Ellery's stat, like fantasy stats from the VFLW this year kind of has a round three where she kicks a goal, has 19 touches, nine marks, five tackles and scores 94. But just a week, just a week prior, she'd had 34 points, which yeah. in the, which in and the AFLW could be 12, 15. Yep. Mm, and I, and I think, and I think that's the thing is that you, you're going for a player like this because they're bottom priced and a 30, a th- a 30-point average for a bottom-priced rookie forward might get you three or four weeks of cash generation. You'll you'll take that. Um, but yeah, the, the key forward, we, we, we talk a lot about it, as you say, Liam, but key forwards are always really interesting fantasy prospects because they can go massive, but they can also put in some absolute stinkers. And the fantasy community is well aware of that risk. I'm talking to all those people that bought in Fetty through after she'd scored a 60 the week prior, and I think it was a single-digit score the week after that. Mm, I think it was like a four. I think it might have been a three or something. It was was not good. And, you know, Mm. you were warned, and you'll be warned again, and we will all make the same mistakes for different reasons again and again and again. And that's why we love doing this. Yeah, just just brought up the stats. She scored a 56 against Geelong, and everyone thought, oh, yeah, she's playing Sydney next week. Sydney's struggling a bit. Mm. And as you say, Liam... 
three points. <laughs> yep, I should yeah. have remembered the three that given she was in my team. I just remember <laughs> being low. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, so lesson learnt, maybe. So looking at the third bucket of picks here, um, we've got Selena Carlson as a defender going to Collingwood, Georgie Jacks, um, the third and final ruck of this draft, um, going to Port Adelaide. Poppy Bolts as a midfielder to the Brisbane. Jay Flynn as a defender to Frio. Um, Christy, Christy Stratton Christy. as a midfielder to Hawks. Um, Mariana Anthony as a midfielder to Carlton. And Bethany Pynchon as a defender to St Kilda. Will, tell us about Poppy Bolts. Yeah, Poppy Bolts is the one I'm excited for. And the reason I'm excited for Poppy Bolts is basically for what we talked about uh, in our trade free agency episode, which is there's a midfield spot on offer at Brisbane and mm-hmm. Poppy Bolts is one of those options. Whether mm-hmm. she whether she can fill it with the likes of uh, an Ellie Hampson coming in, who knows? But I've watched some of the highlights and she's an explosive midfield player and I really like the look of her. So one to keep an eye on. If she gets into that midfield, I think she could be a really good option. Hey, Mel. Um... Are you okay if I kick Will out of our group chat for not mentioning Beldors? Because she is the one who's going to replace. Him. That is slanderous. Uh, that is offensive. I actually heard that's going to be the new draftee yeah. ahead of Beldors. It's not Beldors. No, 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 no. Not a high draft pick player in a near premiership side. No, 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 no. Or it's not super highly talented Hampson who we can see has, you know, as good a kick as, as anyone in the state of Queensland. No, 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 no. <laughs> It'll be the rookie draftee. Yes, that's who it will be. I, I, I can understand. I can understand we're doing this to create content. But the fact that you just mentioned uh, Hampson and not Dawes, you deserve this. See, the reason I went for, for Hampson was because she was a new recruit rather than oh. being uh, one, of, one of the other ones. Mm. I'm going I'm to... You know, Dawes has her spot there. <laughs> I'm going to wheel, wheel myself back a little bit here. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 do quite, I do quite like the look of Poppy Bolts. And she has played uh, alongside a lot of the Brisbane girls in the past, which to me is a good thing. It means that she's got some level of synergy with the team, hopefully. Uh, won the best and fairest up in the Cairns football competition and was playing for Southport in the Quaffle. So she's had a pretty quick rise um, up through the ranks to get to the AFLW. So a good potential player there if she does play over the likes of Dawes and Hampson and whoever else can fit into that Brisbane midfield. I'd just like you to know that there was a perfect out for you if you remembered your research, which is she's played with a lot of the Queen, the Brisbane girls before because she was at the Suns Academy. So you could have been like, oh, but I was mm. grouping these sun, these ex-Suns, now <laughs> Brisbane Lions, and that's why I drew the link. I wasn't disrespecting Bell Doors. But no, no, you didn't have that in your, up see, your back pocket. See, see, the reason I'm, what I'm actually going to say is because people, you guys told me to shut up and not waffle, so I just decided to keep my <laughs> list from from several down to one. <laughs> but yes, no disrespect to Bell Doors. Excellent player. I love her. And I look forward to seeing her in that midfield alongside Poppy Right Bolts. next to Poppy Bolts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know what? And, I, and you're kicking out Ellie Anderson now? Like, are you trying nah, to offend every Ellie single Anderson, Ellie Anderson's the third. And Ellie Hampson is going to be doing what Ellie Hampson does, which is playing everywhere across the field and frustrating Liam. <sighs> Yep, oh. pretty much. <laughs> You're like, I can't disagree with that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Sorry, on that guys. note, Liam, <laughs> Liam, I gather you've got yet another Carlton player to, to talk us through. I do. And you know what makes it even better? It's a Carlton player who spent three years at the Essendon VFLW side in Mariana Anthony. So, Maz Anthony comes in having actually switched this past year to North Melbourne's VFLW side. But before playing um, Australian football, she was a soccer player. Um, She will play off halfback, has played also as an inside, as an outside mid. Uh, And when Carlton drafted her, the head of their list management at the time said, you know, she can play a number of roles, inside midfielder, outside midfielder, and then also slotting it across halfback. I think that's a great place to start. Obviously, she was part of that Essendon side that was dominant 
before the beginning of the Bombers AFLW campaign. She comes in this year averaging 80 fantasy points and 15 possessions a game. Like, for the same reasons that I wanted to talk about Lulu, I think the same applies for Mariana Anthony. Yeah, can't argue with that. Particularly if she's named as a defender, she has a 100-plus point ceiling just this year. And we know that Carlton need additional talent. Now, I don't think the job security will be there because I think they have just such a big list of unknowns that there will be a lot of churn and burn. But I wouldn't say no, and now you know to to watch out for her. Like She's got the ceiling. She's kind of got what we want to see from her, fantasy-wise. Yeah, I agree. I guess the question there is, if she is named as a midfielder, is that as an attractive a prospect? It's a little bit tougher. I think we all have some options. Um, but given the narrative we were just discussing, which is we're looking for downgrades, she comes in round four, round five, plays three games, makes us some amount of dollars, then we don't, we, we could probably bring her in as a midfielder, particularly when we've got like two Usually we're running two mids as a midfield, as a six midfielder, and then utility as well. True. I uh, I have a question to throw to you, Will, um, unprepared. Excellent. Selena Carlson is one of these other players that has some AFLW experience before, having played a little bit for the Bulldogs and Saints. She's coming into Collingwood, which I know you know quite a bit about. Yep. Um, coming in as a defender in a team that didn't really trade out or lose any defenders, as far as I know, um, between the seasons. So... Potentially, so interesting that she's coming in, not filling an obvious gap, has some experience. What do we think about her? Do we know roughly where she's going to play given this experience? Yeah, everything that I've heard about Selena Carlson is they're basically treating her as the immediate replacement for when Stacey Livingston retires. So they're basically bringing her down into the senior setup, having come from Collingwood VFLW, to Mm -hmm. basically do an apprenticeship under Stacey Livingston alongside some of those other defenders. May play a few games this year, depending on injuries and form of players. But my understanding is they're basically looking at her going, as soon as we lose Stacey Livingston, who is in the twilight of her career, we'll basically yep. have a almost exact copy player to, to put straight in to replace her. So hard to say whether she's going to have much of an impact this year. And as a, as a tall defender, lockdown defender, I'm not sure a fantasy impact is really going to be there anyway. Mm. Um, yeah. But and especially if she's mimicking a not super relevant fantasy players exactly so so my assumption is that maybe you'd pick her if you're desperate for a downgrade later in the season to make you a couple of thousand dollars but yeah to me she's one of those players that her impact will be doing the defensive things not taking marks scoring fantasy points yeah nice interesting so looking at our last lot here um, we've got Joanne Craig as a midfielder for Frio, um, Anise Bradfield as midfielder for GWS, Ruby Tripodi, Ruby Tripodi um, as a mid-forward for North Melbourne, Shelby Knoll as a forward for Richmond, <laughs> Chloe Wrigley as a midfielder for Carlton, Yvonne Bonner as a forward for Adelaide, and then we've got two free agency down here, um, Bree McFarlane. McFarlane as a forward for the Bulldogs and Maddie Maggie Gorham Gorham Maggie Gorham Maggie Gorham as a free agency forward for the Bulldogs as well. I was doing so well, but we got through most of that without any uh, without any issues. So yeah, quite a few here. Who are you thinking, Liam? Well, I was actually thinking I'm going to throw it straight back to you because you've got interest in Anise Bradfield, which we talked about on our first episode of Season 8. We did. So when we were doing the um, the trade period review, she was one that I was able to bounce off some of the stats you provided earlier as well. But um, she looks particularly interesting because she has played a couple of the games last season. So in terms of these players where we know kind of that they have an AFLW history and what they can look like on the field. She's one who's got very recent history there, which when paired with your stat around her being able to get a good chunk of the CBAs um, at times, you know, when other players are out, makes me think that she could be good potential. However, we have the two red flags attached to it, which is uh, midfielder. So that listing will make her potentially a little bit more difficult. Um, And I guess 
GWS. Uh, Will? I just wanted to say, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a bit of a Liam here and say, do you know what her fantasy scores look like, Mel? I'm going to say fantastic and that, <laughs> therefore that fully supports my one opinion. So she's played, <laughs> she's played five games with that 165... Uh, percent That's all you C- need. 60, it's all that one, sorry, no, the 65% um, CBA game, she scored a 50. Okay, solid. That would be good. It's, in good her, it's good numbers. Good numbers. She's got four other games. <laughs> in those four games, she scored two eights, a seven, yep. and a minus three. <laughs> so it, it sums to less than 50. <laughs> <laughs> At least they net out positive. <laughs> they do net out positive. But I, I, think, I think one of the things here for me is Anise Bradfield... <laughs> I think has been recruited to give her that opportunity. And I think that she's always been quite highly rated and playing for a team like the Gold Coast where they were still establishing themselves, didn't have much midfield time. If she does get that midfield time, as we've seen against in that West Coast game where she did score that 50, she does know how to get that ball. And she also had eight, eight tackles in that game as well, sorry. Um, so there is scoring potential there. And the other thing I just want to quickly say about this one is I think a lot of it will come down to how Rebecca Beeson recovers from her mm. concussions. Because if she's yes. once again missing out and they're still looking for midfield options in there, she might really come into contention, especially early in the season. And that was kind of the point I made, was that there was a few kind of people out of the team. And if Beck Beeson's a question mark, then there is a potential for that to come into there. However, I've just realised that when you guys were encouraging me to mention uh, Anise Bradfield in this section, all you wanted me to do was bring it up so that you could cut me back down with those scores. I'm, I'm going to say that to Liam because I decided to go look at it because I was like, man, that sounds really good when she got all, those, all those stats. And I saw her stats and went, ooh, some of those are a bit iffy. Oh, I'm 100% sure Liam knew what he was doing with that. I reckon But Liam he did. can't defend himself because his internet's cut out. So let's just move along. Um, <laughs> Will, who do you reckon is interesting there? Uh, speaking, of, speaking of Liam, uh, he was originally going to do another Carlton player in this section, but decided that he would give everyone else an opportunity to do Carlton players. So I'm going <laughs> to talk to Chloe Wrigley, who has been selected as a midfielder for, for Carlton. So she's put up some really good numbers in the Waffle W in recent seasons. Uh, Just in the game before being drafted, she had 23 touches, but more importantly for us, 17 tackles, which is Mm. fantasy gold. That's fantastic stuff. And she also averaged seven tackles across across the season in the Waffle W. So tackles Mm. as as a midfielder are fantastic. Uh, Has played 50 games in the Waffle W, so plenty of experience playing against you know, those more experienced players and Carlton just desperately need midfield help. So again, Carlton need everything. So they're always a shout to get early game time. Mm. That's actually quite exciting because I mean, the, just the weather, the climate playing in WA, it's going to be obviously still going to be some wet weather footy, but it's going to be less. And so you bring that kind of tackle machine mentality into a bit of a a wetter season or the potential to be depending on where the games are played. And that could be really good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this this could be a bit of a, a Tam Smith situation where we've got a player who might mm. get huge numbers of the ball, but if they're putting up, you know, between six to eight tackles a game, that's going to do you really well. That does it, yeah. Oh, Liam's that's back. What you need. Liam's back. How's it going, Liam? I'm back. I'm back. I heard I heard that I was being ripped um, and I was not able to defend myself. Um, I just thought it would be interesting to talk about Anise Bradfield because I knew you had thoughts about her, Mel. I did not share the stats that Will shared when we talked about her last time because I wasn't feeling like being rude. Well, colour me shook. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> oh. But yes, look, uh, I did actually want to make... I, I actually cut my internet out intentionally because I only want to talk about Carlton in this episode. Uh, but I think the one thing you've really got to watch out for with a player like Chloe Wrigley is that she comes in at not a particularly tall player and lays a lot of tackles. Great. Probably only great if she's in the midfield because that's the type of player that if they get forced to play as a small forward, mm. absolutely score, score, nines. score, score plummets, like, score plummets. And like, if, the, if they're playing in a bad side and they might use a tackling to get a lot of their score, usually that's a great combo, but you need proximity to the ball. And if you're not 
if you're at the other end of the ground, then you could get some really, really lumpy scoring. But I think the Waffle W stats, like they're a little bit more difficult to come by and the fantasy stats are not immediately calculated for us. Um, but we know that she has a ceiling. Any person that can tackle 17 times in a game has a fantasy ceiling if they play. Yeah, we'll put it this but way. For, without having the actual fantasy stats, in the in the 22, 2022 Peel Thunder season, she was averaging 19 disposals and 7 tackles. That's great numbers for a midfielder. And if that can translate to being a midfielder for Carlton, then you've probably got yourself a really good option there. So, Liam, now that you're back, do you want to talk to us about Ruby Chaprodi again? Again, as though I've already... Yes, I've already discussed her. I was just into yep. death, dem, like de- dead space. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Jesus, guys, I'm real flustered. I've had the... Just, oh, There's going to be for, so for, much for, editing, but I hope that so, makes it in. <laughs> for the, for the, That's not making it in. For those of you at home, Liam has had so many internet problems and... It's a credit to his editing skills that this episode sounds as wonderful as it does. Coming back to what we're really, all really here for, uh, I think I really wanted to talk about her because I reckon that she has, again, got some of that fantasy scoring potential. Um, she's won uh, back-to-back best and fairest at Williamstown's VFLW side. She's got a fair bit of positional versatility and I think it kind of went underrated last year how young North Melbourne's side was. Um, and I do think that there will still be some spots up for grabs on half-back, on a wing, or on the half-forward line. And I think that coming in as a 21-year-old who's played a bit of basketball um, and has looked really good as a midfielder at Williamstown, I think she is one to, to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it, and. While she does have that same uh, issue that we talked about with Chloe Wrigley, which is if she does end up in a in a forward line position that's not as fantasy scoring, that may affect things. But thankfully, we do expect North to be once again one of the the stronger sides going about, so it's not as detrimental um, in the North Melbourne side. And I would also say that having now done a bit of reading on her since the draft, it's pretty clear that she has that positional versatility, and that at her time at Williamstown she has played in multiple different roles and I think it's testament to the fact that she basically doesn't have games where she has less than 13 14 touches during the game quite regularly when playing or named on a half forward line and then drifting into the midfield she's getting 20 25 touches during the game I think that's a testament to someone who does know how to accumulate the ball and will come in as a 21 year old as opposed to an 18 year old who will probably get pushed around a fair bit more And, peel back the curtain, if all things go well, we will also be having an interview with her just after we record this episode in the next, like, 48 hours. Yeah, so that actually is a good segue um, into a bit of the plan. So now that we've whipped through the uh, the recruits that we've had, or sorry, the um, now that we've whipped through the draftees that we've had coming into Season 8, um, we're actually having a couple of interviews. So we'll be able to release some of those as little bonus episodes, which is very exciting to be hearing from uh, a couple of the girls ahead of their first season. Um, Ruby Chaprodi, hopefully being one. Um, but at the end of this episode, you can listen to our interview. Um, Will and I had a good chat with nope. uh, Emily. I didn't. Nope, I, Liam I, I and did. I. Yeah. Sorry, Liam. I'm that were... forgettable. <laughs> I didn't. Mm. I was great on that interview. I thought it was fantastic. You did. You did absolute minutes of pure gold, Will. <laughs> yep, so uh, Liam and I had a great interview with Emily Fiedler. Oh, we we did actually. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was actually it was very it. good content. Very good content. <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. Um, have a listen to it. We'll chuck it at the end of this episode and we'll be able to um, release some of the other ones that we've had as we go. So, might wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening to another pre-season episode of Free Kick, the AFLW Fantasy Podcast. Um, as always, you can find us on Instagram where we have a lot of our, uh, content with the players as well as Twitter, which will be amping or ramping rather ramping back up, uh, as the season gets, uh, ahead and we start posting some more of the fantasy specific content over there. 
You can find me on Insta as Hi Mel D. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Will H underscore VI. And you can find me on Twitter at Liam AFLW Fantasy. Very nice. Well, thanks for chatting, everyone. Bye. Bye, and enjoy the interview. Yes. See ya. Hello, and welcome, Emily. Um, How's it going? Good. Yeah. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So uh, today, uh, I get the pleasure of interviewing Emily, who's recently been drafted to Frio. Um, And we're joined by my co-host, Liam. How's it going, Liam? G'day, Mel. G'day, Emily. (laughs) Lovely to have you on. Thank you so much for joining. No worries. So uh, we've obviously been able to hear a little bit about your journey before because you've done a bit of a radio thing in the past. But for any of our listeners that haven't had the pleasure of listening to that, tell us a little bit about yourself and your AFLW journey today. Sure thing. Um, So obviously my name's Emily, um, born and raised in Malaysia. So my background with footy has been very minimal. Um, My dad's from Perth, however, so he has always kind of been talking about footy and his footy culture has always been pretty pretty present. So when I got older, he decided to enroll me in one of the very new um, women's classes or women's clubs that got established in Malaysia, which was called the Warrior Women's. So they kind of adopted me and they taught me everything about footy and it was very, you know, very beginner. So when I came to Perth to study, um, it was basically a whole new culture. I didn't know that footy could be so competitive and um, going into the Animals Club at Curtin Wesley, they showed me what competitive footy and competing really felt like and looked like, and I loved it. It was great. So yeah, it was a no-brainer for me to see how far I could go. And then entering into East Frio, I really got a taste of what semi-professional sport could be like for women, especially in the whole footy area. And then yeah, obviously got drafted. Lucky me. Mm, very so, yeah, exciting. Thanks. Very exciting. Um, so I saw that like the Malaysian AFL Warriors um, are the only, I believe, AFL club in Malaysia. Who do you guys yeah, play um, against then? It's really interesting, actually. Um, they probably are the only AFL team in Malaysia, but we have been able to kind of influence the rest of Southeast Asia. So we've got a couple of other teams and clubs within countries such as uh, Cambodia, Singapore, Thailand. Um, and I think it's once a year or once every two years, they come together and they do like a lo- little Southeast Asian championship. So that's really exciting. And it just gets a lot of girls around, you know, Southeast Asia introduced to the game. And it's really, really fun to be a part of. That's awesome. We, um, we've been chatting a little bit recently to um, AFRW in Ireland and some of their um, players and recruits. And it's just so nice to hear about how the sport in Australia has like made its way out to other countries. Um, yeah yeah it's really good so forgive me for asking but I'm going to assume that if you've managed to make it so far in the AFLW in football uh, in such a short space of time you probably were playing some sports before you picked up uh, AFL in Malaysia what were you doing did you have background in any other sports was there one that you really wanted to play and then AFL kind of popped up out of nowhere what was your what was your story there Um, It was actually quite, looking back at it now, it was quite weird. I grew up going to a school that had, I think it was 200 kids attending the school. So it was a little German school based in Malaysia. And we didn't have any clubs or sports that had enough players to create a team. So you basically were introduced to every sport that the school offered. So I grew up playing soccer, doing swimming, playing volleyball. I really loved volleyball. I continued that here in Australia as well. But I kind of just stayed generally fit throughout all areas of sport. And I think that's really contributed to like being able to adapt to a sport quite quickly. Because, yeah, once I got introduced to footy, which was, I don't know, 2017 or 18, um, I was just able to pick it up pretty quickly because I already had that hand-eye coordination from all the other sports I'd been playing and I had the general fitness. And then obviously being as tall as I am, becoming a ruck and you know, playing that position was quite natural as well. So yeah, I've been very fortunate to be exposed to like basically every sport out there. Mm. But footy is the first contact sport? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. So that must have been a bit of a shock. It was. We didn't really do too much contact back in Malaysia. So once again, coming here and playing ammos at, you know, a very low level was 
already such a shock because the girls take it seriously and they really love it and they really get into it but I don't know once you're on, on the field you kind of forget how much of a contact sport it is and you just get into it and everyone around you is motivated and dedicated yet safe so everyone understands and there's like a mutual understanding on the field so, so I think, oh, there we yeah sorry <laughs> uh I was all I was going to say is you were talking about some of the other players you got on the field with you uh you've obviously now played a couple of seasons in the waffle w um out at east from what's it been like yeah. in that squad with some ex aflw play ex and current aflw players i saw some of your highlights going around when you were drafted and you were tapping it right down the throats of um gabby o'sullivan what's that experience been like and did that mean that this year when it came around to the supplemental draft, you had a bit more of an idea of what was coming or was it all just out of the blue? Um, well, my first waffle season, I didn't really pay attention to, or I don't think we were surrounded by many AFLW players. Um, but once I paid attention to who was playing alongside me, it was very, over, like, it was very, I was fangirling a lot. I was very excited to be playing against girls that have, you know, done footy professionally and playing alongside people like Ashley Atkins and um, Gabby, it's been super fun and very, very educational, especially having Gabby in the midfield with me. Sometimes she is very directional and she really helped me find, you know, my footing in a lot of drills. And she's just a great person to be around. She's such a hype person. It's really, really great. Um, but when it came to the drafting, I had no idea. She didn't give a th single thing away. I don't think she even knew. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it was very much a shock when I got drafted. I wasn't expecting it at all. I think one of our other girls at East Rio got drafted beforehand, um, Amber, but she went over to Melbourne. So she, we already knew that. But then when the supplementary draft came out, yeah, I wasn't, there was no expectations from me. So it was, yeah, very out of the blue. Have you had much to do with your like draft cohort over at Rio so far? Not much. Um, it's kind of still all very new. So, so you're in contact with a lot of people. You're trying to, you know, separate your time and trying to delegate everything quite quickly. So I feel like we'll get time to definitely, you know, work together more. But um, so far, it's still very, very fresh. <laughs> so am I right in saying then that you really didn't hear much from any AFLW clubs before the draft, let alone Fremantle? So it was a bit bit out of the blue that you actually did get drafted yeah somewhat I had been invited to I knew that I was definitely in um I think it was the top 10 for Frio specifically I hadn't heard anything from any other club um but Frio did ask me to come in for a medical and a bit of an interview so obviously that gave me a bit of an idea that I was in the running but I don't know, being young and naive and not very experienced, I really didn't think that, you know, my first year of putting my name into the draft that I'd be selected. So a bit of an idea, but also like a lot of doubt and a lot of like, you know, surely not me. <laughs> surely it won't happen. That's, uh, I, I, that would, that would be such a cool experience to just go in with that naivety and then just having your expectations blown away when it happened. So that was yeah. a month a month ago. Um, yeah, have you already. Heard much from Fremantle since then about yeah, so the upcoming season and kind of do you have any, have they given you anything specific about, you know, what they're going to expect from you in the 2023 season, kind of positionally, what stuff they want to work, you have you work on during the preseason, like just anything kind of we'd love to know. Yeah, um, so we've, I've definitely been down to the club plenty of times already. Um, we've had a couple of running sessions with the girls, you know, some kicking sessions, some footy school sessions. Um, it's been really good to get around all the girls, get to know everyone, let everyone get to know me, um, get to know all the staff and the coaching team. So far, nothing, not much has been regarded regarding like the, actual positioning or anything right now I think we're more focused on just getting me settled and getting the rest of the draftees settled in you know the whole whirlwind that is AFLW um, but I'm hoping I get to learn you know much more about ruck and that I get to you know improve on my skills and my endurance to the point where I can adapt to many other positions like depending on where they want to put me I'm, I'm eager to learn so they've 
haven't given too much away. I'm sure that the preseason will be there for us discussing, you know, what my goals are and what they would like me to work on and how they want me to improve. But right now I'm just, you know, eager to get in there and just do whatever I can. Your, uh, your volleyball experience and like the kind of like the tapping motion and your height is uh, probably going to position you quite well for a bit of <laughs> rock opportunity there. You, uh, rock yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So um, being from WA and getting like, you know, you've been playing in the Waffle, but Waffle was all WA based. Now you're in a, a national team. Uh, it's going to be a lot of travel given how few clubs there are in WA. How are you feeling about fitting in like the, the weekly travel and stuff with work and life and everything else? I think it should be all right. I mean, I'm compared to a lot of the other amazing women I'm, I'm playing alongside. I have a very small schedule, very chill schedule. I'm just, you know, your average uni student with a casual job. So I can really dedicate the majority of this coming season to footy. And I'm so excited to, you know, go over travel. I've never been outside of WA when it comes to Australia. I've only ever traveled abroad. So I'm excited to see the rest of like Australia itself. That's cool. And I'm excited. Yeah, it should be good. It should be really good. Yeah, nice. I mean, it's a lot colder everywhere else. Or weather in Brisbane. So. No, don't tell me that. <laughs> you got the, you're in the best place. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, also, it's also probably the opposite of what most of Australia has. Oh, most of Australia right. has I'm like still, only still been on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, I've heard things, but, you know, it's still good to see both my own eyes. I'll, it'll definitely yeah. make me want to stay in Perth. <laughs> so if you, if we, we're going to ask you just one final question, what's the thing you're most looking forward to in your first season of AFLW? It could be kind of anything, you know, playing an actual game, training with your teammates. Like, what are you most keen for? Um, I've been actually talking to my family about this. It's mainly just you never know how long your time in the AFLW will be. Like, obviously, um, getting this opportunity, I just want to soak everything up. I want to learn as much as I possibly can. Like, I want to know more about the sport, more about the culture, more about Australia. And, yeah, just soak everything up. I want to learn as much as I, as I possibly can, you know. I'm just so intrigued with everything, especially being so new to the whole sport and the country itself. Like, I'm over the moon. I just can't wait to to soak it all up yeah that's very exciting it's just you just <laughs> sound like a, an excitable you know kid in a candy shop that's just like i just want everything i want all the experiences i am <laughs> so so excited oh, oh so good such a good place to be yeah. um, well thank you so much for joining us um that's all that we've got to go through and but we will definitely be watching you come season um anyone that we have the pleasure of interviewing for this podcast we've become the biggest fans of uh so <laughs> you're, you're on that list <laughs> Thank you so much. No, I've been a fan of the podcast since, you know, I found out about it and I've been listening to you guys this season so far and I can't wait to listen to the rest. <laughs> <laughs>